Thanks for joining us for the Military Family Research Institute podcast. Today we welcome Zach Armstrong, the Director of Programming for Team Red, White, and Blue, an organization that connects veterans to their community through physical and social activities. Thanks for being here today. Pleasure to be here, Sadie. Tell us a little bit about your background and why military and veteran issues is part of your career path. Yeah, certainly. So I grew up in a proud military family. My grandfather served in World War II. Uh, Uncle served over in Korea. Uh, My brother served over in Bosnia, Afghanistan, and Iraq. So three Army veterans. Uh, Recently, I have a cousin join the Coast Guard. Uh, And I came into the team in about 2011. Uh, So my brother and I, uh, I was working at the University of Michigan at the time. And in 2012, we both started volunteering with the team, which was uh, a step in a great direction for both of us to do something together. And, uh, you know, at that time, we were still a new organization. Team Owen Blue is just in its infancy. And it was something for us to do, um, challenge each other, hold each other accountable, do, you know, have ambitious challenges and be with uh, veterans and and folks that have similar values. Uh, So once we started professionalize as an organization, I changed my career completely and uh, just jumped in, you know, uh, all all hands, all legs into Team White and Blue, knowing that it had done a lot for me and my family. And, uh, you know, I I couldn't ask uh, to be in a better situation than working with Team White and Blue. You focus on two key program areas for Team Red, White, and Blue. So describe your role and how these areas focus on engaging veterans. To simplify it, we do two things really well. We engage veterans and we do leadership development. So those are our two core complementary programs. So our chapter community program is all about delivering local, consistent, inclusive opportunities for veterans in the community to come together through physical and social activity and service events. So these are hosting regular activities all across 200 chapters across the country. These are volunteer-led. We have nearly 2,000 Eagle leaders is what we call them. And those folks are the ones putting on those local, consistent, inclusive opportunities. And then the the complementary program is called our Eagle Leadership Development Program. Uh, So we feel to keep and sustain uh, a program that's so local and consistent, we need to invest in our veterans and give them something uh, that they may not receive, something that you know they can, as husbands and wives, and uh, also to their employer, they can have certain skills uh, and also help our program, our chapter community program, flourish. Uh, so you know we, we concentrate on what we call the Eagle Way, which is education, it's movement, it's genuine relationships, and it's uh, elevation. So those two programs, I'm responsible for. Uh, like I, like I said, lucky enough to have 2,000 Eagle leaders who are the ones really making the programs flourish, but uh, I'm responsible for the program development, uh, any tweaks we want to make, program implementation, and program evaluation. So ensuring that you know the outcomes and the outputs are moving in the right direction, that we are actually enriching veterans' lives, uh, and then making the tweaks where necessary. What does the data show and are like trends changing across the veteran population? You know, I would say uh, we've had a few key tailwinds that have really helped us out uh, first and foremost, we, we would not be where we're at without our director of research, uh, Dr. Caroline Angel. Uh, just She's been tremendous in terms of her leadership and where we're at in terms of data collection uh, and how we've come across what we call uh, the enrichment equation. Uh, so knowing that enriching a veteran's lives, uh, enriching a veteran's life is our responsibility, it's our mission, uh, knowing what enrichment means. So enrichment to us is health, people, and purpose. Uh, And so she's helped us, along with many other from the ground up veteran 
uh, veterans who've helped build this this instrument uh, so now we can actually know what what we're accomplishing where we're not accomplishing what we want to accomplish uh, so I would say one of the things we've learned uh, is certainly that engagement the more touch points we have with veterans uh, the face-to-face -face, local consistent inclusive so engagement leads to enrichment and it leads to health people and purpose uh, so we, we know that's clear uh, some of the other data that, that that we see like we look at it almost as a prescription uh, within our programs what do some veterans need to do to have higher levels of enrichment so they have more health people and purpose in their life uh, so everything I think the simplest way to describe that is what we call rocking the eagle so when a veteran joins the team they receive a free shirt in the mail I mean that's part of their new uniform so we know uh, higher levels of enrichment are achieved when a veteran has that new uniform to put on they're part of something larger than themselves so that's one piece in like a prescription uh, that our data shows like this makes a difference in a veteran's life at MFRI we focus on supporting those that directly support service members and veterans team red white and blue is that direct service can you describe why physical engagement along with social activity is important so I'll lead back or I'll start with again the enrichment equation knowing that enrichment is health plus people plus purpose when you mention physical activity along with social activities is important like I certainly agree but we recognize that physical activity is a low cost it's a low barrier uh, mechanism and what it does is it builds like a strong social network the fabric to where team red white and blue may not offer an acute service to a veteran uh, but what we do offer is a social network so if I have a, a veteran friend and he and I go uh, kayaking together and he hears me mention like an experience I've heard about at a vet center he may say oh what's that what's that vet center about so like that social fabric is brought together through physical and social activity uh, so we really feel like the result of those activated social networks like that's where enrichment thrives that's where the, all those connections take place to where team red white and blue doesn't have to be the conduit for everything uh, but we can we can uh, provide the necessary contacts and resources from many other great veteran service organizations, uh, the VA, etc. Uh, so, again, when you mention like how does physical engagement and social activities, these are important, but they're the vehicle to achieve so much more. Moving towards the community piece of engaging veterans, why is it important for community members and leaders to see veterans as assets? You know, first and foremost, like I don't think it's a secret anymore that veterans are incredible assets to our communities. Uh, you know, my experience has afforded me all kinds of opportunities across the country to see and, you know, become friends with some of the most civic-minded, uh, caring, uh, driven, thoughtful, uh, talented American citizens who we call veterans. So, uh, you know, I see veterans as the first to lend a helping hand. Um, a little, you know, Fred Rogers there, but like so much of what they do um, I hope more and more people really start to see veterans and, and provide them challenges. Like they have these great community building skills that as a country, like we've invested in them. So when they come back, uh, I think it's only fitting that, you know, organizations, corporations, uh, we provide these challenges to veterans and, and watch them thrive, watch them succeed. So uh, even going along like one, one, one step further down the rabbit hole uh, some of the best team players so like one of the needs I hear when I listen to employers is how do we get this team to operate as a team 
well, hire a veteran. Like, get a, ask a veteran their opinion. Like, get veterans involved in that. They're the best team players, like, I've ever been around. So uh, utilizing their strengths, both locally, regionally, nationally, we, we owe it to our veterans to challenge them. Uh, and, and again, like, in my position in Team Rogue Blue, I've seen it time and time again. They're assets, and if you challenge them, they'll rise to the occasion. There's often a divide that's hard to bridge. And how can these organizations connect with veterans? You know, it may sound uh, fundamental, but it, it's, it's getting involved, asking questions, and listening. Like that direct connection, uh, I think sometimes whether our, our, it may be easier to try to connect their social media or you know, using technology. I mean, technology has its advances to get you know, people's feet in the door or awareness of certain things. But it, if there's a, you know, a divide, like at least how we go about leadership development in our organization, it's truly like face-to-face, one-on-one, uh, truly understand what it's like. Uh, so other organizations, I would ask them to, to get involved, get to know a veteran, you know, whether it's coming out to a Team Rowing Blue event and getting to know like what it'd be like to interview someone or like what skills these veterans have. So I hope more discussion happens in our local communities. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if you're a veteran, like I, I challenge you to, to, to be at the forefront and, and please speak up because we need your leadership in this country. Looking at this topic from a different perspective, what are some of the hurdles veterans are faced with in regards to being active in their community? And why do you think those hurdles are there? My mind immediately goes to what I understand to be part of the, the culture of being in the military. I mean, there, there's so much camaraderie. You know, you can depend on your battle buddy. Uh, so I think it's natural after several years of service, like having that built-in network, you and your husband or wife can depend on, your kids can depend on. Leaving that close-knit community, it's a hurdle. So at least through the lens of Team White and Blue, like that social network, you know, whether you're moving for the first time after getting out of the military. Like last I knew, that was one of the biggest barriers is, you know, uh, when someone joins the service, a majority of folks when they come back or they get out of the military, they don't go back to that same zip code. So if, if that is continues to be true, like they've lost that built-in network that they relied on for so many years. So whether it's Team Boy and Blue or other great organizations, like that's the biggest hurdle is that social network. So at MFRI, we focus on military families as well. And I'm sure that you have been in contact with military families through your work. What do you see military families, how can they be supportive for the veteran, but also what are some of the challenges that they face when trying to acclimate to this civilian lifestyle? I don't think that it's any different than the the veteran, like they've often lost their network. Uh, So, you know, finding their network again, uh, you know, supporting one another, like I come from a military family and and truly understanding, like each person's going to go through something a little bit different. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got to find your people. And, and I think, you know, great organizations like MFRI, um, you know, they're helping to show some of the best practices of what, what truly could uh, make a difference in that, in that transition for that family. So you said you had 200 chapters across the U.S.? We do. We're Team uh, Red, White, and in over 200 chapters all across the United States. Time and time again, I get a chance to connect with friends who, whether they're husband or wife, uh, their family's moving. And I get to connect them to great people that I know all across the country just to give them a leg up so they know, all right, I'm coming into a welcoming environment. Someone's going to look out after me. They're going to know where to go grocery shopping. You know, they're going to know where, uh, you know, the local convenience store or 
where to exercise, like all those small legs up, like truly mean a lot. I mean, since the beginning, like I think it's it's easily apparent that sometimes our, our, our country struggles with like knowing your neighbor and the Timberlake and Blue, like you get a chance, you get a leg up on that. You get a chance to know your neighbor. Someone to really rock the eagle with. There you go. <laughs> At MFRI, one of our focuses is on um, mental health of veterans and service members found that having a trained mental health professional in a veteran's community is beyond valuable for the veteran and for the family member. Uh, Would you agree that communities that focus on providing mental health care resources would better serve military and veteran families? And can you just explain your reasoning behind that? Definitely yes. That's that's an easy yes. You know, health can, in my view, like contains physical, contains mental, emotional health, like all three components. Sadie, I kind of feel like you threw me a softball here. So <laughs> my wife, I've had the privilege to marry a psychologist. And, uh, you know, she's worked with veterans in the past as well. And so we've discussed the importance so many times of the importance of mental health and like how the communities that take action and find ways to provide these resources, like they're the ones, those communities are become the most resilient and they'll, they'll possibly have um, the most thriving uh, environments for years to come. So, you know, I've had countless friends um, you know, had seen mental health providers and taken full advantage of mental health resources and, you know, to address their mental health. And, uh, you know, trying to change that stigma is really important. Uh, But, you know, I would, again, I'd posit those communities that take advantage of, like, seeing mental health providers as an asset uh, and seeing those resources, like, that's going to help military and veteran families. It's going to help the general populace for that country as well. Well, Zach, thank you for being here with us today. If you're interested in being part of Team Red, White, and Blue's programs, visit their site at teamrwb.org. You can also visit the MFRI site at mfri.purdue.edu for additional resources on ways to support military and veteran families.